Yeah, this is Eric Porat with Pinky's Rod Shop in Windsor, Colorado, and you're listening to HRBV Podcast. Recording from our headquarters in Old Town Orange, welcome to the Hot Rod by Boy Podcast. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning into the HRBB Podcast. Christopher, how are we doing, yeah, buddy? We're doing great. I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I, dude, I think this is going to be our most delicious episode. For sure. <laughs> For sure. Well, we are graced with the presence of the 2019 AMB, AMBR winner from Windsor, Colorado, Mr. Eric Peratt. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks for having me. This ought to be fun. Yeah, this is going to be good. This is like a convergence of some of our interests, right? Obviously, yeah. hot rods and cars and then... Yeah, we have a brewery Beer. that's our, our local brewery that's literally a two-minute walk across the street, and uh, that's kind of where we go before uh, our podcast. So it's it's nice to have a brewery come come to us for a change. And Well, and the reason we're talking about beer is because Eric also has a brewery attached to what? his hot rod shop Yeah, called Mash Lab Brewing, correct, Eric? Yeah, Ma- right? yeah Mash Lab Brewing uh, started three almost three years ago to the to the day. That's and, awesome. And uh, we've just been, yeah, we've just been kind of, kind of hammering down the road uh, ever since uh, with some new beers and and uh, just trying to you know trying to stay relevant trying to stay new no that's awesome so um before we get into everything what we're going to do is uh eric was nice enough to uh, you know last week send us three different beers so we we're going to crack during the, the course of the podcast we're going to crack them open yeah we're going to talk about it and then we're going to get talk about cars yeah we're just gonna, everything going we're on so wrap. the yeah. first one we just opened up is the rpm ipa number seven Right, mm. so it's a six point four percent IPA. Eric, can you give us a little bit more on that? Uh, yeah, I mean it's a it it's it's a it's kind of a hybrid IPA. Uh, it's not an East Coast and it's not a West Coast. You know, West Coast will be a little more piney and perfectly clear. So yeah. depending on depending on when the hops are added in the boil is kind of what gives you that uh, some of that uh, cloudiness and smoothness to it. So. You know, no, this it's, is... it's, it's, it's if you're if, if you're into if you're into West Coast IPAs, it's 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 not probably your thing. But if you're in the middle of the road, it's a it's a good hybrid between them. It's an easy drinking IPA for sure. With no, a, and you know, it's, it's a little, it's, little fruitiness. It's tasty, and and you know what? I gotta say, for someone who's on the West Coast who loves a West Coast IPA, this is actually like for me the middle. Like I'm and I'm sick of hazy beers now. Yeah. Like I'm sick of them. They're either too and I still sweet. Love them like, they sell like crazy. Yeah, no, I mean because it's the new fad. But I gotta tell you, this to me would be the the perfect middle spot between a West Coast and a, and a really sweet, juicy, hazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's got that little juiciness right? to it because you, you look at it and you know it's like a it looks a little creamier than yeah. the West Coast, like like clear, like a. Well, like the clarity from a West Coast clear to a hazy. This is like right in the middle. Yeah, yeah. This it is, is good. It this honestly is good beer. when. Yeah, when you have them next to each other, there's a noticeable difference between a hazy and uh, and this beer. So it smooths it out just a little bit, but you get a little bit of everything out of it. It's and yeah, like you said, if you're if you're a if you're a West Coast IPA drinker and you, that's all you drink, it, it might not be for you. No, but well, it's, yeah. uh, we are. That's the best. The best part is we make a lot of different beers. We're serious IPA drinkers here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, what which hops did you use in this? This is uh, this is Centennial. And Columbus in the boil, and then uh, it's dry hopped with Chinook uh, about nice. a week after uh, fermentation, just to get a little aroma. You know, dry, dry hopping doesn't do a whole bunch to the flavor, but it it, it, it kind of transfers through your nose into the flavor, if you yeah. will. Yeah, 
yeah. so you know the, when the centennial and columbus are it's it's about uh it's about a pound of hops per barrel uh is in this beer so it's it's not a ton of hops but you know it's, it, but it's but it's it's enough to get you it's enough to get you a good citrusy flavor no it's yeah. very nice and and little known fact about me i spent probably a good eight to ten years of my life home brewing so oh cool yeah and uh Actually, a little ribbon winner on in some categories. Yeah. Right? My, wow. I think what got me well hooked done. was I, I was, this is probably 10 years ago or more. No, what this is probably 2005, actually. Jeez, a long time ago. Yeah. I, I entered my, I, I started brewing and I entered my pale ale in the toughest category at the Orange County Fair, right? American yeah. Pale Ale. There were like 18 entries and I won. Oh, yeah. And I got hooked from there. I'm like, no, there's more ribbons out there. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, it's, it's 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 like playing golf. If you if you only hit one or two good shots, you keep going back. Right, so, yeah. Right? <laughs> so that's I all did, it takes. I did that for a long, <laughs> the longest time, and uh, considered some options doing it like commercially, but just the wheels are just. I didn't want to get out of this industry. So uh, speaking of wheels, oh, yeah. no, I, I, it's fun. well, you don't have to get out of the industry. You no, I know, and, like and you've proven you've proven <laughs> that. I just thought that all my time and dedication would have to go to that. So, well. but um, so yeah, and, oh, and also too, you're talking about. The, the the hops. So, little known fact about my wheels is all those hops that you mentioned in this recipe, I named a wheel after. You you seriously did? No, seriously. So yeah, yeah. so when I started, when I <laughs> yeah, because I've just always been a fan. I you know coming up with names for wheels is like the hardest thing. So sure. or anything, right? When you name these these builds that you have, it's like okay, what do we name it? You know. Um. So when it came to naming wheels, I just one day I was just like, you know, this is. 2011 or 12 i just started a theme where it was gonna be either in some inside jokes or it'd be named after a hop so i have the centennial <laughs> i have the centennial the columbus the columbus is dual dual uh, uh meaning it also yeah columbus is the one of the biggest good guy shows of the year yeah. um, that was also part of it uh then i have a chinook um yeah. i have an amarillo amarillo yeah. uh what else? I yeah, got? yeah. That's what, well, yeah. When, when we get into the fog lamp, we're Citra, Mosaic, and Amarillo in the in in that particular beer. Yeah, no, that's well, awesome. You might do you have a Magnum? Because Magnums, uh, we we we, we bitter. We use bittering hot. We use Magnum to bitter. That's right, uh, Magnum. Magnum and Columbus are, are close, aren't they? Is that what it was? No. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 So I yeah no I don't have a Magnum. I could. That's the next one. There you go. Yeah. Next wheel. I can't think of a name for it. It's Magnum. <laughs> No, but well, that's awesome. So let's let's well, start yeah, as out. much as I would lo- love this to keep talking about beer. We could talk about beer all night. I, I want to hear we about will. The, the story of how. Yeah, so the, you started the out. Origins. Let's let's start. How did uh, like yeah, where did the name uh, Pinkies come from? How did this all how, come? Yeah, to how'd you get into hot ride in the first well, place? And... But, well, yeah, but, well, yeah. I mean, but back in the day when I was going to I was going to college in Southern Colorado and for an automotive degree and. Ended up working for the uh, for Chevrolet corporate in Michigan, so you know, cool job, and uh, it was fun. Learned a lot, but in college, I wore a pink shirt all the time. Oh, okay. So my so some dorm uh, mates just called me Pinky, and I just thought everybody calls their hot. Just, someday I wanted a hot rod shop. That was my dream. Never thought it would really happen, but that was my dream. And uh, just thought, well, I don't need to be called Eric's Hot Rod Shop or Eric's Rod Shop or you know, per Eric Perat hot rods I, I just thought i thought pinkies would kind of stand out and just since that was my nickname it just kind of stuck that's cool dude so do people still call you that oh yeah that's that's i mean they is that your nick is that your nickname should we be called that you is that? my yeah. nickname and, and, and pe- people call me pinky it just it, it it's not 
it's not it's not terribly common. I mean, my parents and my wife or my my kid don't call me Pinky, but <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, it's just one of those names that stuck and had a little bit of had a little bit of fifties flair to it. Yeah, so, that's yeah. cool. That's just, right. No, it does it stand out. Yeah. You know, do, do you yeah, still wear pink fun. shirts? I, I do. They're popular again. So right. I, I, yeah, they're back. Cool. At, they're back like in that. my wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man. So yeah, how did you? Then how did you get started building cars? Then after you were at GM. Well, so after working for Chevrolet, uh, I mean, I'd always been into cars. My dad was into cars. Uh, he didn't do it professionally. He uh, he 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 was a he was actually a respiratory therapist and an RN. So he was in hospitals all the time. But he was always dinking around with cars. So I was always helping him, and I just decided I wanted to take it to the next level and I wasn't really a corporate person. I did that for six or seven years and had all the right benefits and good pay and company cars and all that good stuff. But I, I decided one day that I think I need to just go out and do what I really love to do and uh, built a couple of built a couple of nice hot rods, nothing nothing over the top, a 34 Ford pickup that was back in the day when Pro Street was popular. That's all I wanted to do is Pro Street wheelie bars and a parachute. So that was my first hot rod. And then and then built a uh, 33 Chevy Woody, uh, just kind of a one-off deal that won a bunch of awards at Good Guys and Street Rider, uh, Street Rider of the Year. And then I had an offer on that car that, uh, that was a number that I was not uh, – you know, real familiar with it was it seemed like damn good money and i thought well i could parlay this into the next car and then uh went ahead and started building a 33 ford roadster complete one-off car even though i started with a like a five-window coupe and the next thing you know we went to detroit and won the riddler yeah that was what 98 so, right yeah nine, 98 riddler winner which nice. i still have i got the trophy sitting in a trophy case here outside my in my showroom and that was a long ass time ago, but it's uh, it kind of got it kind of got everything off to a pretty good start. So, I mean, and that's a question I have too, and I, I know the answer on my end a little bit with my dad, but um, back then, this was kind of like the in, beginning of the internet, right? You so you're still reliant on magazines. So, um, as far as the, winning that award, I mean, how did that kind of change things? For you as you far know, as far as just customers well, it, and, and your business and the, like the magazine coverage and all that yeah it, it gives you it gives you pretty much instant street cred on building nice cars however like you said this was this was definitely before the internet so yeah. it was all word of mouth and any any coverage you could get in a magazine so it could it didn't spread like wildfire by any means but but for a but for a one man shop, it didn't need to. I just needed a couple of good customers after that oh, yeah. to, get, to get things rolling, and that and that's what happened. You know, I I landed one good customer and built a, built a fifty one Ford wagon that was a, a custom rod of the year for good guys, and just kind of parlayed that one into uh, we were doing. I was known for doing some wood partial wood on Woodies, and for uh, a named Jim Bones Noteboom. And he would send cars out from California, and I would I would rebody them and put wood on them, and you know that would pay the bills. And then I would try to do fancy stuff, little, little cut more custom stuff uh, for some other customers to try to get my name back out there. But I mean, it it gets the ball rolling, it gets you going in the right direction. The trajectory was set, so we just kept rolling it with yeah. it. And honestly, I thought I'd only be about a one man shop, and uh, it's it's certainly grown from there. 
Yeah, no, I had read that uh, that Woody build was uh, a big confidence booster for you because one of the first times you worked with Wood. Oh yeah, and it's 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 yeah, it's a little different. I mean, it's like 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 steel. You get a couple shots at it, you can weld another piece on, take another run at it. Wood, you cut it too short, or you screw it up, you throw it in the trash, and you start over again. So it's uh, it, it definitely it's uh, it honed my skills in for on, on the perfection side just simply because it has to it, you can't fill it with any sort of bondo and start priming it and body working it it's what you see is what you get so it's uh it was a it was a pretty good it was a great learning experience and uh, i don't get as i don't get as much opportunity to do it anymore but yeah. it was fun while i did it but how, how killer is that man you like one of your first wood projects and it was a woody that was like kind of the catalyst for you kind of being able to like really oh, yeah. start off and go on your go after right it, yeah it was i mean I, I i tried i originally tried to kind of pride myself as a metal shaping guy and i don't have any I don't, I didn't have any school schooling on, on that side of it. I just kind of a self-taught, uh, metal, uh, sheet metal shaper, but the wood was just, uh, honestly, it was just a challenge. And that's kind of everything I look at is if it's a challenge, it must be worth doing. So that's how I, that's how I got pretty good at doing woodworking. My kind of guy. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So that, that I mean, as far as the time frame of this, then we're talking 2000. I mean, no, this is probably before, right? Right. Was that before this that? This is before the, yeah, this is before the Riddler car. Oh, this so is before this the Riddler yeah. car. Oh, okay. Yeah, this okay. is 90, this is 95, 96. I did the Woody and then 98, I did the Riddler car. And then I did, then I did some subsequent wood, uh, Woody's for Bones, no boom after that. Oh, cool. And then, and then started, and then officially started Pinkies in uh, 98 as an official hot right. rod shop with, with half an employee and, and uh, then all of a sudden, uh, next thing you know, I've got, you know, I've been up to 12 guys and a 10,000 square foot facility. Are, are you, have, have you been in the same spot since inception? Uh, no, I, uh, I, so I moved to, I moved from, so I was moved, I was working in Detroit, uh, working for Chevy and then was transferred to Chicago, uh, worked for the regional office there. And that's where I built the Riddler car or at least started the Riddler car, about 75% of it. Then decided, hey, you know what? Let's we want to move back to Colorado. I'm from Colorado originally. Uh, my wife's from Michigan. We met at, at at Chevy. So I said, we're going to put the house up for sale. And when it sells, and we have no place to live, we're moving back to Colorado. Well, the house sold in less than 30 days, and we were headed to Colorado. So I set up camp in my parents' garage, which you know they, they were gracious enough to give me a, about a two-car garage to to finish the Riddler car in, and that's where I literally finished it in that garage. So wow. from there, that's cool. then I, I built a, I built what I thought was my dream shop up in Pine, Colorado, which is in the middle of the mountains. Uh, Cause my wife said, well, if we're moving to Colorado, you got to live in the mountains, right? Well, that's, that's <laughs> not, that's not totally accurate, but S- sounds good. Sure. We're going to, we're, we're going to live in the mountains. If you want to live in the mountains, we'll live in the mountains. <laughs> so I built my dream shop thinking we would never move. And three years later, I bought a piece of property down back on the flat, back on the front range and built a new shop. Is that where you're at in Windsor now? Yes. Yeah. And it is built, Windsor's yeah, what, by Fort Collins? It is. It's, uh, it's Windsor, Loveland, Fort Collins area, which is north of Denver, about 45, 50 miles. Okay. We're, we're halfway between Denver and Wyoming. Right? Oh, okay. Cool. Yep. So that's cool. And then you have your brewery attached to the building there. Yeah, that was, so the brewery used to be my assembly room. I had this dream assembly room that you could put four to five cars together, 
super well lit, two glass garage doors. I mean, it was absolutely the perfect place to assemble a car. The only downside was that it was the furthest away from my office uh, that in in the building, how the building is laid out. And for some reason, I just never liked the location of it. So I moved assembly back up to the showroom and thought, hey, here's a perfect spot for a brewery. Let's install a, a big glass wall between the brewery and the fab nice. facility. People can drink and watch us work, which is going on literally as we speak. The bars, the brewery's filled with people, and the guys are hammering away, and there's sparks flying, and and it's it's, a, it's that's a, so such awesome. a great interactive experience. <laughs> I gotta come out there. Yeah, like, we both gotta go it, out there. And, yeah. and people, the guys were, and myself, we were worried about it. It's like it's gonna be kind of weird seeing people with people watching us work. It, you get over it so quickly. It, it it's it's pretty it's pretty unbelievable. But you just you just work if you're confident in what you're doing. You don't care if anybody's watching you on the other side of the glass. Yeah. No, and, and exactly. And you know what? Um, you know. I really like some of your work and I like some of the, the vehicles and just the attention to detail. I could just imagine how the shop is too. It's not like, yeah, you know, yeah, I've seen I'm photos not, of it and it looks like you're like kind of like in a museum, like kind of piece, I mean, you know, like it's, I'm, it's really nice. I'm, it's on one hand, stuff. we try to keep it as, as clean as you can. On the other hand, we're here to, we're here to make a living. So yeah, it's, exactly. it's, right. it's a, it's, it's in the middle of the day. There's a lot of stuff on the floor and there's a lot of, there's a lot of parts laying around and there's a lot of tools laying around. So it doesn't look like that all the time. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's all business from, from, from seven in the morning to six at night. Yeah. So is that like at six, uh, at night you guys just, you guys close down or you guys still leave the lights on with the cars kind of like, Oh yeah. All the, all, yeah, we close down, we clean up, all the lights are on. So people hanging out in the brewery can just kind of just look through the shop and see the, see the progress on the cars. That's awesome. I mean, yeah, most you know, people, somebody most who's people, like a, a brewery geek is going to be like, "Oh, I want to see what you know their whole no, setup," and then so they like cool. turn around like, "Oh my god, that's a hot rod well, build over there!" You know, <laughs> in a in a brewery, you're used to seeing a bunch of really nice stainless steel vessels, yeah. and uh, this is just different. You look through glass and you see a bunch of old cars being built. No, it's like taking it up a notch. You know, it, it's it, that's got to just be the, the most immersive experience. Like uh, you know, to have a couple beers at, at you know, yeah. It's, it's fun. So it's it's a little different. You have to have some restraint. It's a little hard to have a brewery where you work because you always want to be in there and have a beer. But it's, uh, <laughs> I drink more beer now than I ever drank in college. <laughs> so so you have you been a craft beer enthusiast for a long time, or you know I've always and and to be perfectly honest, I'm not the I'm not the head brewer. I just enjoy the process yeah. and and I've loved I've loved beer for gosh ever since uh, our big brewery here is New Belgium. Uh, so that was, they started in a basement and turned it into this mega dollar place that just sold recently. And you know, that was, that was back when, when I got hired on at Chevy, we were, we were coming back to Colorado just to get cases of, of new Belgian yeah. fat tire to take back. We <laughs> oh, you, know, so, you know, it's uh, funny. It was, well, yeah, Mike Curtis is from Fort Collins. So absolutely. And I've known yeah. Mike almost 20 years now. And I remember back in like 2000, 2001, Fat Tire wasn't even out here yet. I think the first place it got to was like Las Vegas. But yeah. Mike, every holiday season, he'd go and he'd load up a keg <laughs> and he'd load up cases of Fat Tire. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we'd and load bring them back. Tire and take, his, yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, we'd load Fat Tire and bring them back to Michigan like 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 we were running moonshine. It was classic. <laughs> Smokey and the Bandit, you know? Right? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but now it's like there's – I mean, there's like 16 breweries in Anaheim right now. 
Yeah. Oh like, yeah. And, oh, and, and they're permitting more. You know, it's yeah. Crazy. It's a little bit, it's a little scary on the, on that end. I mean, if you're good at what you do, you, you've got legs and you'll last, but when you start dividing up your clients by that number, it, it does make a difference. It's uh but, but everybody says that breweries are kind of like the 50, you know, the neighborhood bars of the fifties that you, you walk down on the corner of your neighborhood. Bar, well, now they're breweries. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. No, no that, that's it. it. Cause you know what? I mean, it, it's, there's still a ton of people that, I mean, are just getting into the, yeah. this new brewery thing. So I think it could sustain a lot of different smaller scale breweries, yeah. but sure. You know, yeah, but um, a lot of them are localized. You know, like we go to pretty much the same couple of places because we like going there. We like the oh, staff, yeah, we yeah. Have well, the, the selection. I mean, we're we 200 like yards from like one of the best breweries in Orange. Yeah, yeah, so. that's 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 really cool. That's yeah. for, and and have, I mean, he's I look closer for, to beer than us. I thought we were the closest yeah. to, to beer. Yeah, out yeah, yeah, he's closer. He's right next door. <laughs> Yeah, the atmosphere that, needs the atmosphere needs to be cool, which we have because it's a it's it's a cool place. You get to look at cars and and the and the beers. Uh, the our head brewer is absolutely on on his game. So our beer is, it's pretty it's pretty solid stuff. We we we're we're new and kind of unknown or very unknown, but uh, we can we can play with the big boys. Man, no, yeah, I you mean, keep making definitely. beers like this one. It's uh, you're going to be noticed pretty quick. Well, before we get into more com- car conversation, let's open. What what are we doing next? The the New England. Yes, yeah, the New England. So that so so this is for the you know the 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 Hayes Bros of the of the world. Everybody's yeah. geeking out about the Hayes. The Hayes Steve, which I'm, Hayes, I'm still Steve's one of those Hayes geeks, bro. But, Hayes bro. Yeah. But when you, this thing is super smooth. It's my favorite beer. So I'm I'm kind of high on this one. This one, right. this one is made with a bunch of hops. That's what gets you. That's what gets it smooth and gets it the. Wow. Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah. On the nose, it's really. Yeah, on the no, it's it's dry hop three separate times with uh, with all the with yeah it it's a song. It's, this is hazy, it's, we're, bro. We're known for we we <laughs> we sell the hell out of this beer. Oh, that's yeah, that, that smells like good, heaven. That, that, oh, it yeah, it's, so good. It's essentially it's, orange juice with uh with with an ABV. So yeah. what uh what hops are in this guy here? This guy here is a Citra Mosaic and Amarillo. And it's done like a true New England or East wow. Coast IPA where Dude. all of all of the hops are put in in the whirlpool at the end of the boil. Nothing's done in the boil. Uh, so you, so it takes the bitterness out of it. It's and then it's dry hop yeah. three separate times over over fermentation uh, for you know, a couple of weeks. This is a this is an expensive beer to brew because of all <laughs> of all of the hops. It's, it's the three ADB pounds of hops per beer. Six point five, I think. Six point five. That's a good spot yeah. for this beer. Eric, here, oh, here, yeah. here's the deal on this one. Um, I love hazies, but they do get away from you kind of quick if you're not careful. And I think the difference between a good hazy and a bad hazy is ultimately the mouthfeel. And this mouthfeel is freaking just. This is oh, good, dude. It, it like yeah, coats your tongue. <laughs> no, it's we, good. We sound it, like we sound like beer dorks when you talk about no, mouthfeel. But, but, but it's a thing. It's a thing, man. No, it, but that's what doesn't make it really taste juicy. It looks juicy, but it still has that little bit of like you get that little carbonation, yeah, that little bitterness little going back down. Well, yeah. I gotta say, I mean, now yeah, I, I think this is really good. It's a good example of it. I like it. It's right. We yeah. have so we have a we have a brewery a local brewery here that's quite well known called Weldworks and they have a they have a beer called Juicy Bits and it just kind of 
it set the world on fire for their New England's, and it's still an extremely good beer, but we're producing this beer, and uh, it's it's competing at a high level. It's nice, really good. man. Did you enter anything into GABF? We did, but we only entered uh, we entered some beers, and you got to be strategic. Uh, some some categories have two hundred beers in them, and you're just like, I mean, they get it down yeah. to the top three. So we we did some strategic uh, beers, and we made it to into the final rounds with a few, a, a, a really good coconut porter, but we we didn't medal. We've we've medaled in World Beer Cup and and a few others. Uh, nice. And so so we're still. We're still learning some things on what what categories to be in and, and what we shine in. Yeah, that's no. This is a great. This is a great. See, and that's the thing is because there's some that we've had recently that are just so just like oh, it's like orange juice. Man. It, it was like that, too the, much. The the passion yeah. orange guava one oh, that we had. Too much. Uh, it was yeah. There, there was no like uh, carbonation feel. So like all it you was, just yeah, tasted was, was just juice. Yeah, it's like it just juice. didn't. Yeah. No, this is nice. Right. This is. It's an easy drinking beer. It is. Yeah. It is, and it's not too sweet too. I like it. Yeah, because sometimes these hazies are getting pretty sweet on. This. No, no, no. It's still got a little yeah, bit bitterness. It's it's almost still got that like tropical kind of feel that we like, you know? That yeah. Because me and Chris are both big tropical IPA guys because there's just so many good ones brewed out here. Yeah. And have you had sure. a st- Stone uh, Scorpion Bowl? I have not. I've had several Stone beers, but I have not that. I have okay. not had that. You yeah. know, and that one. That one's pretty good. Maybe it's we can seven point five. Yeah, if you, you can't can, get you it, probably out there. get it out there. Yeah, if you so can't. So it's what, a scorpion bull. Yeah, yeah, it looks like a little tiki, uh, like a blue. It's a, uh, a bomber with a like, like a, a tiki blue. teal and uh, dark yeah, blue. Like, teal and dark blue, like tiki. Yeah, yeah huh, it's cool. a real. It's a, like a more tropical IPA, but it's a more uh, got a more malt malty feel to it. Yeah, but and it's oh, okay. seven point five, so it's still it's got a punch, but uh, it's oh, wow. it's all balanced so well that it's just it's it's a crisp yeah. IPA still at the stone end of the day. Is, oh, we love Stone. Yeah, yeah, Stone is is yeah. They have a they have a neat new place in Napa that uh, we come down for the West Coast Nationals. We stop in Napa, and uh, Stone opened up a new location there that's really neat. Nice. Is um yeah oh the August show, Pleasanton. Yes. Yeah. yeah, West Coast Nationals is killer. Yeah, that's a great show. Nice. Yeah, because you know what we did that one year we stayed in in in, uh, in uh, Calistoga okay. for my dad's birthday. Oh, killer! Yeah, one time, and we went down to the Good Guy Show. It's a good time. Yeah. So well, speaking speaking of that Good Guy Show, our the AMBR car won America's Most Beautiful Street Ride. Oh yeah, so uh, let's talk. Notable. So let's talk so about that year. car. Yeah. That car is called what? Three, three Penny. Yeah, Three Penny Roadster. Three Penny Roadster. Um, amazing car. I love the car. Thank I love. You. I love. And you know what? Also, too. I mean, just just I think I've I've kind of watched your vehicles evolve. And you know, when did you build that Federale Coupe? That was hot rod of the year, good guys, in like fifteen ish, right yeah. in there. That's a cool yeah, coupe. That, I'm, I'm a oh, fan. That's of that. that's a that's damn near my favorite car. That so. is just, you know, when when a Tom Taylor a originally drew the the Vern Luce coupe for my dad, he put a track. Oh, no- yeah. he put a track nose on it, and I have we still have that rendering too, and it's it's. I don't know. I, I like it. And then when I saw that, I'm like, man, you know, cause just like your attention to detail, you know, from everything on the wheels and just everything, it's got a, it's got a really seamless tasty, tasteful style to it. You know, there's our, our style is 
is doing things over the top, but you don't notice them because they're so well organized. Yes. That's kind of our, we've changed everything on the car, but you, but you have a hard time figuring it out because it all works. Yep. And no. uh, that's just, that's just kind of our style. It's like, like ramp up, get it and, and reel it back in a little bit so that people understand it. So how did that, the three penny roadster start? When, when did that, when did that start? Because, well, that's a, yeah, that's a, that was a long-term project. Uh, <laughs> So the owner of that car, George Botit, who's no stranger to hot rods and going fast and all that good stuff, I'm building nice cars. Uh, I had a, I, I purchased a original 36 Roadster and thought I was just going to kind of keep it maybe for a little while and then sell it. And he, he got wind that I owned it. And he said, hey, I want to build a 36 Roadster, kind of like the one I did for another customer where we pushed and pulled a few things. And he said, okay, that's cool. You know, we can, we can do that. So he purchased it from me. And one thing led to another. We got a full one-off custom frame, and and then we, you know, we started doing this. We started doing that, and it was about a seven or eight-year project, which sounds like a long time. I know we were we were we were on and off of it a little bit because he he had wrecked the streamliner and took a breather from needed to concentrate on building a new car to go you know, 500 miles an hour. Yeah. So I let him have his space, and then we took it to the road. Uh, with their metal the year before last so 18 and he said let's finish this car for next year so i thought that's that'll work he goes can you get it done i said absolutely so we put the hammer down and hit everybody in the shop on it and uh just uh we were on a we were on a pretty tight schedule for the whole year but we it's the only car we've ever finished to that level that we had extra time we were we were almost looking for things to do, and that's just unheard of in this industry. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> no, it's down to the wire, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. We we were actually going home at six or seven o'clock at night instead of staying till two in the morning every night. And my my mom asked my one of my my machinists. He she said, "Is Eric okay? Because he doesn't seem stressed out. And this this <laughs> is this this is not like him. He needs to be stressed out. Oh, something's funny. going on here. Yeah, right. It seemed normal here. <laughs> yeah, what's going on here? Something's wrong. Yeah, something's wrong. But everything was very right, and uh, we were very, yeah, very lucky to be awarded the 2019 America's Most Beautiful Roadster. So it's been, it's awesome. it's been quite this... a year since January. Yeah. And, and the Good Guys Award, right? Yeah, the Good Guys Award. We uh, And then just recently, uh, the week and a half ago at SEMA uh, just we were there on display in the absorber booth and got a call from the Ford design guys and said hey I want you to show up at awards on Tuesday morning and I thought hey this is cool you got you know maybe 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 they're handing out some hardware yeah. ended up getting ended up getting Ford design best of show best the, very, of show. the, the, wow. the, the highest the highest honor that the Ford design that's guys <laughs> give, dude, give out so, yeah, on that, dude, that's awesome yeah, thank that's you. badass well, dude, that, so, that that car is awesome. It's beautiful. I so just, we got off to a real good start at SEMA. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's really good. So what's next? Well, you know what? Hey, real quick, before we go there, because there's a car that I, when I was doing my research on your bills, I think that I've got, I gravitate towards green uh, hot rod bills because the Ghetto Princess <laughs> is uh, one of my favorites. <laughs> but, dude, uh, your 1932 Ford two-door, uh, yep. the, the Hemrod. Yep. Yeah, Hemrod. Yeah, Dude, that was that thing is look, that is so bitchin' looking, bro. That that was a lesson in how pinkies can be obnoxious because we did not 
hold back on that one. That one's there's a lot going on there. That was that's almost like a '70s show car type of thing. It's kind of a '60s or '70s show car. It's it's completely handmade, pretty much. And we started with a '32, but just every little piece we went obnoxious on. And the customer that we originally started it for, which was actually one of Boyd's customers, a guy named Ron Kraft. Oh yeah. And we started that car for him. He he ended up he ended up selling it about halfway through the project to a guy named Don Smith. But uh, it was knowing knowing Ron's personality, which is just you know, craziness. They called him they called him Big Daddy. And he was just a nutball. And I knew he wanted a candy green 32 sedan with a Hemi in it and, you know, just some crazy big tires on the back. And that was a, it was a fun car. It wasn't everybody's, it, it wasn't, it, it, it didn't reek pinkies by any means because it just wasn't totally our style, but we we made it, we made it our style. No, that's cool. Rep. Ron Kraft, uh, he, he, years ago he called me and he said, um, yeah, because he he originally was having the the Zephyr made for him. Yes, the he was. Led Zephyr. Yeah. So he goes, you know, Chris, because I, I, you know, um, when, when did Ron pass away? Just a few years ago, right? It was, yeah, about yeah, about two three years ago. Yeah. So this this would have been probably 2011, 2012, He called me, and he goes, you know, what the biggest regret I have was when this is when Boyd's Wheels was going BK and and that whole mess was going on, but the Led Zephyr was kind of you know, in, in limbo at that point. Right. So Chip was doing his own thing and the body was over and my dad was doing his own thing. And then, um, the body was over at Marcel's and he goes, you know what? I asked Chip walked in the door one day and he goes, I asked Chip, what, what would you do to change this design? And Chip goes, Oh, I would do this, this, and this. And then Ron went back to my dad and said, Oh, hey, Chip says you should do this, 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 and this. <laughs> and my dad lost, just lost his shit on the deal because there was some bad blood for a period of time oh, yeah. with Chip at that point and just with all the business happenings. And he goes, I should have never opened my mouth, right? And then what happened oh. was he said that my dad called him like a day or two later and said, I want to buy the build back from you. And he goes, okay, they made a deal. And he did. And my dad bought it back from him and did it his way. You know? Wow. <laughs> so... You know, I I, mean, I get it. I knew I was kind of there going on. During, you know, I know what was going on during the time. I could I could understand. Oh yeah, that. yeah, I, yeah, exactly. You know, you know egos, all the inner, dude, inner workings. Our ego, everyone's ego gets in the way, right? So, well, that's uh, kind of what we say is we don't we don't really build hot rods. We build egos. <laughs> it happens, <laughs> right? That's it's, exactly it, man. Yeah. You know, I mean. It's but like you know the what, ego, I mean, ego come to life, you know? Yeah, but we're living in a time right now where there is, are a lot of people building cool stuff. It's a, pretty amazing. A lot, it's gotten right? to, well, it's, and, I, and, and this is, and I'll be honest, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not kissing any ass. It's, it's Boyd set the trajectory and it was off to the races after that. And then there might've been a little bit of a lull. And then now it's just like lights out. These people have these people. Some of these people have checked out on on building cars. I mean, we're talking, you know, a million dollars doesn't even get you there anymore. Now we're talking yeah. two million, three million. I mean, yeah, because you know, yeah, I think what's happened too is you have a lot of people, talented people that have come to this industry. You know, that maybe we're doing other things, and we're like, no, that's some cool stuff. Oh yeah. So well, we're the, bringing we're bringing in we're bringing in OE 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 designers who work for the big three to design hot rods i mean that's 
when I mean, that's essentially what Chip. I mean, Chip had been offered more money than he could spend by the OE, the big three, and and ended up working at Boyd's, right? So yeah. now we're getting multiple people coming out of that industry that are tired of it, and they're. I mean, you got the you know, Eric Blacks of the world and the uh, um, the Wing Brothers. Uh, Oh are, yeah, you know, everybody. Everybody's using super high-end people to design their cars. This oh, is for sure. This is not a homegrown deal anymore. No, and and, and just a, like a convergence of all these technologies, like three D printing, and yeah. just like this, this whole open source movement of just like you know, and just just people that may, maybe are on the fringe. They they know the technology on one end, going, oh wait, I like cars. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm like I'm like a three D modeler, and like wait. No, I can do that on my printer, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, oh, yeah. Or, I mean, take take a CNC machining center. We, we were probably one of the first 10, or maybe even fewer, maybe five hot rod shops in the country to, to have a new Haas machine center that you could make. You never had to slow down. As long as you could design it, you could make it. Yeah. And now it's just, it's almost a common piece of equipment in high-end shops. Yeah. It's, if you don't have one, You've got to use some. You you have to you have to source it out to somebody who does. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, um, it, it and it comes down to you know the, the getting the right people that can do the programming and all that and right. get that are in, enthusiastic I mean, about it, the project. It really does. I mean, it does come down to people. It's it's hard yeah. to compete at these levels well, without the right crew. And th- and that's what I've always said because anybody can go get a Haas machine. Anybody can get a three D printer. Anybody can do yeah. any of this stuff. You don't get the right guy to run it. Yeah, you know, this is not like a that that in design. Those two things oh, go a long way. Well, and, and the problem you have is guys that can actually program the machine. They go, no, 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 let me come up with something. No, no, sorry, bro. No, that's, no, you, yeah, that's that's different. Than yeah, because yeah, that's you know you're not going to find these designers. The chance of you finding something that's high in design that can also program it, it's very slim. Yeah, it's, you got to find different things I, almost. It really is. You got to uh, find the two it, guys. It's, that's you, both sides of your brain. And, and you know what? <laughs> I've dealt with a lot of different designers, and a lot of like, and and I'm sure you've seen it too, Eric. Is you get these guys that um, they can draw some really cool stuff, but it can't be made, or you know, yeah, or, it's, or it's just like it doesn't. No, it, it's not going to look that cool because we have to do it like no. this. It looks good on yeah. paper, and it's just not going to oh, translate yeah. well. I mean, and 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 that and that happens. I mean, it's it's that's one that's one thing we we use uh, Eric Black and yeah. and he for for some design and and he or for a fair amount of design and he draws it so accurate that it'll be down to need to down to the eighth or quarter of an inch, which is pretty accurate on a drawing, uh, and and we can work off of that. And then we have a, we have a we've been kind of known for a, a good eye around here so we can kind of take things and tweak them and make them look a little bit better but when when somebody understands what's feasible and, and what can really be done it does make a big difference oh for sure and, and you know what we deal with eric brockmeyer have for years and he's the same way it's yeah. like there's you very rarely get something from him that you're like dude that looks cool but we can't make that yeah or or you know yeah he's really it, it's like for a guy who's really never uh, you know, been around machining, like you know, and done that. He gets an understanding about you know. That, sure. That, that, that's the oh, difference yeah. between a, a good designer and a great designer. Yeah. You know. I agree. Well, because, that's I remember. I remember Chip telling one of my friends down in Houston, a guy named Rodney Hutcherson, who's another designer. Who, uh, Chip said, 
have said with just a, with just a flick of a pencil, I can spend about fifteen or twenty thousand dollars. So I got to be careful how many flicks of a pencil that I'm <laughs> that I'm you know that I'm doing. Right? Yeah, that's no, it's the truth. You know? Yeah, but you, we need. I mean, it's it's good though. It's good. There's a lot of attention with new designers coming into the field. You know? Just I agree. New technologies. Yeah. I mean. I think that 3D printing right now is kind of what CNC stuff was in the early 80s. It is. My only concern with it, and I don't know if it's a concern. It's a, I have a little hesitation because it's just so slow compared to prototyping on a CNC machine. We can we can knock out a prototype in, of a part in, in, in less than an hour, and a, and a 3D printer will take all night long to print something. But how it was kind of explained to me when I was, kind of grumbling about it a little bit was, yeah, but if I'm not here and I turn that machine on, when I get in the morning, I have a part done. So I wasn't here anyhow. Yeah. So I, you know, there's some, there's some, uh, there's some realism to that. Oh yeah. But also too, like with the, the, you know, the, like the, uh, laser metal centering, like yep. being able to build something up like a three, 3d printer. And I mean, that would, you couldn't feasibly machine certain cuts on this thing without, you know, having it in a machine for how many hours so there's i don't know i'm, I'm curious to see where it's going to go you know I yeah and 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 in machining we we very rarely do any sort of 2d machining anymore it's all 3d purposes. Oh, right so and then doing both sides of it thousands oh yeah thousands and thousands of passes at five thousands i mean it's 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 yeah it's it's practically printing it even though it's just barely cutting yeah cutting edges off but I guess you know if you got if you if you're machining both sides of the part, so then you have that time flipping it over, getting it all that prepared. Oh, so yeah. with three D printing, you don't have any of that. You just let it continuously run. That's very true. Yeah, see, so, there's a positive for three D printing. Yeah, because I mean, there's some stuff that some really trick stuff that you can just build. You know, I mean, right? That's the thing with uh, machining is how do you fixture the part? How do you hold? The part? That's the hard. That's that is extremely difficult. We spend as much time fixturing parts as we do machining parts. Yeah. So you factor that time into it, then 3D printing, you know, yeah. you know, 3D laser metal centering, all that stuff seems a little bit better. I don't know. I'm sure. curious. There's I a agree. video I saw a few a couple of years ago of they they 3D printed a 1911 pistol. Really? Yeah. It's uh yeah. If I find it later, I'll send it to you. It's pretty cool. That's so cool. they, this is at least two, three years ago, and they they shot a hundred. I don't know, maybe a hundred rounds out of it. I don't know without any problem. Wow. Yeah, that's solid. Pretty crazy. So, no, that's that's kind of cool. So what what um, what do you got going on right now? So you you know, I mean, yeah. what, you're what, always what, hey. Well, you're what, only what, as good what, as what you what you're doing. What's the next thing you're doing? Right? Yeah, what are the beer drinkers <laughs> yeah. looking at? So, yeah, well, but, no, the beer drinkers, but also for, uh, no on the car side. So you did. Well, no, no, I'm saying because they're drinking beer, looking at the. In well, the shop. Oh, well, yeah, 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 you you could definitely relate oh, both of those to beer and for cars. But yeah, I mean, it's yours is yours good as your last build, and yours good as your last beer. So, uh, we have some stuff in the works. Uh, it'll be it'll be a more a and BR contender type of stuff oh cool uh, i don't I haven't had anybody go riddler what's that is it 2021 or next year this year it'll be 2021 at the earliest this okay pretty okay. Serious so product. yeah not yeah. not a, not a nice. couple months from Going now for but number it, two yeah. cool that's yeah. cool well it'd be difficult but that's all right we don't mind competing i mean that's 
you don't want to go on an off year. You want to go in a year where there's competition. Yeah, so it's, right. Uh, we want to we want to take the best we can. Yeah, uh, and then you know what we're getting into now is. Uh, we're we're kind of known for early hot rods and our take on an early hot rod. But if you look through the shop, it's filled with muscle cars. It's, really, it's cha- it's just it changes. It it cycles through, have, right? I mean, I've watched well, it too. I mean, it's you know, yeah. muscle cars cycle just, through. Yeah, just the way it works. Right now, right now we have maybe only three hot rods, you know, pre forty hot rods in the in the building. And the rest are all pro touring cars and wow. you know, pretty serious pro touring cars. Detroit Speed suspension, roadster shop uh, chassis, Art Morrison chassis. We nice. do some tri five stuff. So, you know, they're they're not over the top cars, but they're nice cars that people will drive across the country. Which that's that's the other thing we're known for is you get in these things and you take off and you go to Canada and back. Nice. You got you got any trucks going on? We have. We just we finished a fifth. We don't have any in here currently. We had a forty pickup and we had a fifty nine Apache in here that then they're both done. And then, oddly enough, just today I got a call on a pretty serious uh, sixty seven C ten short box slammed on the ground. Nice and, uh, LS. So it'll be a fun little truck. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, because yeah, you so, know what? Because I, I saw you on what Saturday at Good Guys um, in Scottsdale. Yeah. But I, the day before, did I mention about D, uh, uh, Dino's Get Down? truck show oh you did That's yeah right. they, I, I talked to him yesterday and the official count was like 1620 trucks oh my yeah so big. it's shit you know it's a, it's a gm only event um and he's already talking about next year doing two days so the truck show on friday and then all gm on saturday wow and, that's I mean, solid. it's crazy where is that held that was so it, it was probably about 30 minutes west of where we were at um okay. at, at Westworld. So it's actually at a place called Westgate which it's it's basically it's an outdoor mall, right? Movie theaters, okay. restaurants, all that, big parking lot. Um so this is a guy that's kind of an enthusiast that started this. Yeah. And he started just you know a couple hundred people at his house one year, grew outgrew that, outgrew that, and here we are. And it's a free show. Yeah, so all the truck guys usually go there, and then you go to good guys on Saturday. So yeah, Saturday, I'll tell you, that's uh, Saturday was jumping. That's, it was good, that's, right? That's, yeah. yeah, that's a good. It, it's kind of weird if you go for Barrett Jackson. It's kind, of, and then you go for this show. It's kind of weird because they have way more of the tents attached to that main building. It's it's right? different. Yeah, yeah, it's you're like you, you don't even. That, you don't even hardly know you're at the same facility. I know. You go in that main building, you're like, oh, wait a second. No, hold on. There's another tent and a tent and a tent yeah. behind this yeah, one. And then there's another tent it's, attached to the front of this thing. Yeah, no, that was a good, the weather was perfect, I think. Um, it, was, it was a great show. We did we did hit a couple of breweries while we were in Fastell, so that was good. Did you? Ooh. I mean, you got to you got to do some product comparison. You have to research you and development. To. Yeah, and you know what? I think <laughs> Phoenix, uh, Scottsdale area—they're not too known on the craft beer but scene right now. They got a couple. They're not. Uh, Sun. Uh, what was the one that I took a picture of? Uh, Eric, did you have a beer at the show? Because they had two. They had a. No. They, they had they had an IPA and another beer. Uh, from a local craft brewery. I know Scott in did. Arizona, and no, so is Sun, no. Sun something. No, Ska? Right? Ska's in Colorado. Is it? Yeah. Oh. yeah Scott, yeah. Yeah, that's in Durango. That's in Durango. Yeah. Yeah, no, I went to, a, in Scottsdale, we went to a place called Goldwater, which was pretty good, and oh. then uh, Ren House, which was actually pretty good. They had won some, they had won some GABF, GABF awards, so we ran by there. 
pretty well, uh, inconspicuous place, but it was cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean well, that's what we do when we travel. We you have to hit a it's, few breweries and it's, figure it, out what the hell's going on. Oh, you got to do research. I mean, uh, yeah. It's always work, right? It's you're you always could, working. You could, you could only, <laughs> yeah, you can only look at cool cars for I'm, so many hours out of the day. Well, I know. I mean, just I mean, l- l- listen, what a rough life. You're just building cool cars, driving them around, and you got to go go drink beer. Yeah, Santan, Santan Brewing is the place I was thinking about. Santan Valley, yeah, that's that's uh, a yeah. well, you oh, know, Santan, yeah. Well, you know, Cave Creek Brewing was always the one back in the day that had the chili in the beer. They were oh, wow. the first. Oh, remember that? They? Okay. Yeah. So on the West Coast, like that was the only beer they had out here back maybe 15, 18 yeah, yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah. Cave Creek had their little chili wow. pepper in the beer. Blast from pa- do, do they still make it? Oh, I don't are, know. Are they still around? Yeah. I don't know. Chili beers, we haven't done one yet, but they still have a little bit of popularity here and there. I've never been a fan. I'm not a huge fan. Um yeah, I know we've bought some of those stone beers that are just like, you know, it's, oh, it's too much. It, yeah, it's like, like a habanero uh, sculpin. Oh, yeah, that's horrible. Yeah, Dumper. and I'm a sculpin. I like sculpin, but not that I didn't like that habanero one. I, I like the, the when there's pasilla in a beer, like the, the against like a porter or a stout. That roastiness, I think, that just plays off each other with the, uh, you know, the the the. The, the taste of a pasilla pepper. I forgot. Stone makes one with one with the with that, but I forget which one it is. Well, you're in uh, green chili land over there, Eric. Almost, yeah, New well, Mexico's close, yeah, close, right? Those you're you're in the northern part of the state, but yeah, yeah, we're not, yeah, we're not that, yeah, we're done, we're on the other side of the state from that. Yeah, all, right. all the green chili. Well, right. you know, we're gonna um, we're gonna open up this peanut butter milk stout right now. Are you ready? Yeah, I'll pull. Yeah. Eric, you ready? Completely different than the IPAs. <laughs> oh, well. I know, I know. Hey, so, so a little side note, and something I've never shared here on the HRBB podcast, but I also own an ice cream company, and uh, we don't have a storefront wow. yet, but for the last two years, we've been doing pop-up events. We've been all over in Del Mar Fairgrounds, uh, here all over Orange, all over Orange County, and uh, uh, part of our, our flavor portfolio is doing – beer infused ice cream and i've got this one flavor called the peanut butter blitzkrieg that's a peanut butter uh it's a semi uh, a belgian chocolate based ice cream with peanut butter cups and an organic peanut butter swirl and <laughs> paired with this kind of beer i think this would be a knockout. that's that's interesting you say peanut butter cups because just in the last week we've changed you don't have the newest uh formula we our newest recipe actually puts peanut butter cup ground crushed peanut butter cups in the beer that you're about ready to drink really now it's it's uh yeah so we're trying to get just a little more authentic peanut butter out of it and and honestly guys if if that beer on the tap off our tap here is delightful i don't know how well it traveled uh, in a crowler so you know it's, I'm, uh, it's a good stout I'm trying to figure out the peanut butter. It's a little soft on the peanut butter end. It is. It, it, but, and it, lose, it loses that. Now, one thing, and it, and I don't know how cold you're, you're drinking it at, but if it warms up, you'll get more of it. That's well, sure. you know what? Yeah. We brought them all out at the same time. So yeah, it's, it's been, been sitting, sitting out, out okay. for an hour. It's been sitting out. Yeah. For, oh, it's yeah. good then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, so. And sometimes it does lose some of that because I've, sh- I've shipped some of, uh, I've shipped a coffee coconut uh, milk or stout of and it just loses for some reason. It just loses its 
in luster. Yeah, no, this is goes across the no, This is good. This one, if, I can't if you find take any flaws it, on this it, thing. This is good. When you this take is a good swig tasty. out of it, like the nasal part, like you can taste it yeah. almost up here. Like that's what I'm saying. It, you you can feel the 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 peanut butter, but it's a little soft hey, on it. This. So you would. So would you think if I if it wasn't called a peanut butter, would you pick it out? Yeah, I would. Um, close huh it, it's close it's a little yeah yeah it's a little roasty i uh, i agree with you i think it needs more peanut butter no i would i would i would well, guess that there was kill, some sort yeah. of additive to to the stout and it would take me a little while but it's it's definitely not a chocolate taste it's got that yeah, like kind of like so, yeah. that nuttiness yeah, yeah it does it does yeah it does it has the nuttiness oh, a great I mean, beer. we did a we did a we did a cookies and cream off that very same milk stout where we just literally crushed up uh, oreo cookies and put it in and that baby Dude. was in your face. It was wow. cookies all the way. We, well, if we ever take a field trip out to Pinkies, we're yeah. bringing some a cooler of ice cream too. Oh yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, uh, load our, up on the dry ice. Let's one go. of our flavors is called vintage, vintage vanilla, and we we make it real vanilla because it's even though it's one of the most expensive things you can get out there, it, we we gotta stay true to it. And this beer. With the vanilla scoop, oh, it'd be in awesome. Oh, and I'm a, and I'm a vanilla guy. I yeah. could I could eat the vanilla is right up my alley. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. it's uh, this is dude. Yeah, Steve's done actually quite a few different collaborations with breweries, local breweries around here. So yeah. that's cool. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's a uh, his ice cream. He's got some really good stuff. Yeah, one of my favorites was uh, this brewery out here called Unsung. They have a uh, Dunkelweiss ice cream or Dunkelweiss beer that uh, we poured into our, our 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 ice cream. I think we made just a little bit of chocolate uh, uh, powder into it, but we added uh, sliced almonds and I believe it was chocolate chips, and it was phenomenal. So you pr- you produced this ice cream somewhere local there? Y- y- yes. Yeah, we, yes, we're uh, nice. right now. We're trying to get a storefront, hopefully uh, for next year. But yeah, we've had a, a rental space in the commercial kitchen for the last two years, so we produce all our ice creams there, and we just work with all these breweries where we'll do like you know so and so's anniversary party. We'll either know what their signature beers are or what beers they're having on tap for that event, and we'll work with them to to kind of have like a one off experience. And uh, you know, do a you know, couple gallons worth of a churn, and you know, ha- have a rad I mean, experience. The, I mean, it's like a is it like a beer pairing with ice cream? No, it's it's both. It's 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 a we okay. do beer infused, and we also do pairings. So oh, okay, let's say you're having yeah, an cause... anniversary party, and you have twelve beers on tap. I would infuse two ice creams with your beer, and then I would have four pairings from wow. uh, our Beach Break Blueberry, which is a blueberry compote ice cream with white chocolate chips. If you had any cool. kind of Berliner Weisser, sour, anything like that, that just goes, especially if it has berry notes. It, it, that's, that's really cool. Wish you were closer. We'd do that in a second. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, yeah, next time your anniversary party's happening, we, we, we could take a road trip yeah. out there. Dude, talk about yeah, just... Dunkel Weiss. Yeah. That's that's one of those under-the-radar beers. Right. I love those beers. And and one of the more favorite beers that I brewed when I home-brewed. Yeah. Dunkelweiss, yeah, dude, it's 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 one of those German things. For the, the uh, for the people that don't know, it's just a dark wheat beer. Dark, yeah, dark, yeah, it, but uh, sure. yeah, it's a roasted malts that that are in there. Yeah, this is darker the malts, yeah. yeah. But it, like in Germany, that's like under the Germany purity law, so it's like one of those clean beers. That yeah. If you've had it, it's like one of its best, and you know what it tastes like. And 
it's it's a hard beer to replicate. That's why I don't think too many people do, even though it's not that popular here. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's 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 the hardest thing is hitting. You got to. It's limited. We have twelve beers on tap, and it's just and so we have a good variety, but it's not over the top. But you got to hit. You got to hit all of us. All of us the popular ones and then you can throw in three or four of those not so common beers yeah. uh, just so for people to try because i mean ip uh, ipas still probably rule the world yeah. even in your neck oh of there's way. no doubt yeah right yeah, yeah. i and mean in every still, variation right still hate them, but yeah and then you yeah. need that like oh what's the closest thing you have to coors light you know so you yeah. need that, that, that light lager <laughs> we, get, we get that all the time uh, it, it what's just, your lightest beer yeah, yeah that's that's what comes with the territory because cool. i mean you get the people in the door but that's and then you educate them you yeah. know you start them off with that and if they like the, the you know the craftsmanship of that then you say hey well let's let's get you going over here with this i light. was just yeah. i was just gonna say at least they're in there asking the question so they're starting somewhere yeah right Hey, start with the dialogue and then end with the with the good beers, man. You know? Oh yeah, no, that's uh, you know, I mean, Colorado. It's like it seemed like Colorado and Oregon were like kind of the front runners of the the new trailblazers, trailblazers of the, sure. the craft beer movement for sure. Like I mean, it was just like, and then you know there was it was peppered in California, but yeah. then you know, but then then the, remember the whole brew uh, was it the brew pub movement in the nineties? That kind of uh, okay. Question for both yeah. of you guys: What was what was one of your first craft beer brands that kind of got you into into that? For me, oh. it was definitely Rogue because we had a, a friend who lived in San Luis Obispo, so that's three and a half, four hours uh, north of here, and we couldn't get those beers here. And I was nineteen at the time, so I couldn't get beers anywhere. But they had certain beers legally. The, yeah. <laughs> Dude, like there was this rogue Marionberry. It was a, a a brown ale that was brewed with uh, the the Marionberry that's you know really distinct in Oregon. So it's got that like kind of like bitter sour taste. Oh my god, that beer was so good! But I distinctly remember that's kind of one of the things that brought me in, like being like a craft beer drinker. Yeah, for me, Sierra Nevada and Stone. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And look and look where they went. I mean, they're huge, right? And and for me too, New Belgium. So all of these New Belgium, yeah, yeah, New I mean, they're, they're for all sure. massive breweries yeah. now. So they, I, they they did it right. I I think I got to throw New Belgium up there too, just for the fact that like you know, learning about them from someone like Mike Curtis, who if it wasn't for Mike, it would have been like three or four years later yeah. that I would have found him out. Oh, I I remember oh, I yeah. thought I was kicking ass with Newcastle, and then I found Fat Tire. I'm like, oh, oh, fat no, tire oh just, this is this is way New, better. Newcastle, Bass, Ale, all those. <laughs> you go back to those, and they suck. There, there's a reason. Oh no, there's a reason you you like. When's the last time you saw a Bass Ale? Oh, I haven't. I haven't. Right? No. 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 I think I only drank Newcastle be, possibly because I think I thought the label was cool. Oh, uh, and the star. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah no, but I didn't know any better. Like, oh, but, God, Newcastle's the worst. But then I stumbled upon <laughs> Arrogant Bastard. Oh, man. No, and you know, you know what? Uh, there's some, there are some really good English beers, but to be honest with you. Um, That's Amer- not my style. America. America takes the world's beers and makes them better. Yeah, yeah. They thought they had the IPA down, and we're like, nah, let, 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 let's, let's yeah, tweak that a little bit. Yeah, right? Let, yeah. I don't know. And now there's regional IPAs that like just are phenomenal. Like this this New England-style uh, IPA, The the which one was that? The, the Fog Lamp. Fog Lamp, dude. That 
Eric, you knocked that one out of the park, man. Yeah, that's a um, good we one. Sell, dude. We we sell we sell plenty of that beer. We're and our our production is on a very low level. We sell a lot of that beer in the ta- in the tasting room, but also outside. It's our it's our most expensive beer, so it's it's a little bit harder of a sell until they taste it. Hey, well, let, let me ask you a question. Like, yeah. Because here in Orange, uh, you know the 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 breweries are here that have tasting rooms or um, you know in, in the the location. They're only able to serve like or sell X amount percentage out of their taste room. The rest has got to be distribution. Do you guys have that kind of same? Oh, thing yeah. There? There's yeah. There, there's no there's no limit on that. It's it's uh, we we would like to see it a little more tasting room heavy because that's honestly where the money is uh, per beer, the profit margin. Sure. Right. Uh, but right now we're fifty fifty in distribution. Uh, well, that's we great. Half though. out of the tasting room and half out of half down the front range. So, so like you're you're selling kegs at restaurants and uh, whatnot. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Are, are yeah, you? Guys... A, we have a full time outside sales guy that does that. But are, are you guys canning as well, or just? Uh... No, that's that's the next big. That's, that's kind the, of the next frontier. Step for for us is uh, we would we would can and sell on site. And maybe to a few liquor stores, but we just we honestly just don't have the room. We're we're I'm trying to build a new facility right next door. Oh really? Uh, oh. And uh, and I mean it's going to be a going to be a pretty neat place with a restaurant in it and everything. But oh, I just sweet. haven't. I just uh, I'm I'm a little I'm, my wallet's a little thin right now on that project. <laughs> no, this is cool. You know what? Um, the the crowler thing is totally cool. Right, I think in the last few years, the the crowd thing took over because bombers are out, and it's glass and, and suck. And glass buying sucks. a growler, glass. especially here in California, uh, there's another stipulation or, or rule that we got to follow. Um, every brewery has their own signature growler, so you can't just well, you I guess you can go to with to to a brewery with a generic uh, growler, but for the most part, yeah. you got to collect really? like the growler from your favorite brewery, and then all of a sudden. Well, I got 15 favorite breweries and 15 growlers. Yeah, you can't have a generic growler. Yeah. Well, I think hmm. they changed that law, right? I don't think so. I don't know. But I think some people adhere to it and some people don't. Is what? Well, I, th- I think one of the big things about and the growler was, uh, I'm not going to say invented, but but definitely produced here by Ball uh, Canning. And it's like it's it's a Coors. It came about uh, in the Coors uh, Golden Area. And then Oscar Blues is who sells those cans and the machine and they're literally 30 minutes from not even 30 minutes from here so availability is kind of nice we we can just run down there and get our crowlers but the 32 ounce part is when you crack good beer open you're probably gonna that's just two pints so you can probably get through a couple pints if you're a real if you're a real beer drinker right yeah i I, I mean but as opposed to a growler you crack one of those open and that's i mean as we as we all know in within a Within a few hours, that beer doesn't taste real good. No, it, it, the clock's no. ticking as soon as you uh, you twist yeah. that open. Well, you know, yeah, my uh, my younger brother, he does a lot of storage unit stuff. Uh, you know, buys storage units and and goes to flea markets and stuff. And a few weeks ago, he goes like, "Hey, do you any of your uh, brewer buddies want this?" He had one of those crowler automatic crowler machines. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's a pretty good piece of equipment. Yeah. Wow. So we I don't, sell, I don't know if, he, so, if if you need one, we need a reason to come out there. <laughs> we'll <laughs> hand deliver. Yeah, we'll deliver it for you. <laughs> That's perfect. We sell between three and four hundred crowlers a month, which is a pretty significant number. 
that means a lot of people are drinking in their at their kitchen tables or watching television oh, yeah. on their couch drinking a mash lab beer. And, yeah. and, and it's awesome too because you know what? It you stays can, so it, fresh. You can crush it like a can, yeah. and it, it doesn't take up the space as glass. Yeah. And, or, or you can like come over to a buddy's house, and be like, "Hey, bro, I got us like a rad beer." You know, like like just yeah. me, well, how me and you were sharing. You could it. throw, yeah, you can throw them in your cooler and go camping, and and everything's good. Yeah, the 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 outdoorsy part of this is good because yeah. you can smash it down and you know, pack it in, pack it out, easy, yeah. right? Yeah. No, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Hey, real quick, Eric. Uh, we mentioned uh, Oscar Blues. Um, there's yeah. another beer that me and Chris like. I really like it. Uh, the Cannibliss series. Have you seen that? I have not. Yeah, it's Can O Bliss. It's uh, their tropical mountain IPA is what they call it. It's yeah, Oscar, really? Oh, Oscar Blues. so it's like a a dark green and gold can. It looks really cool, but oh, huh. yeah. That's a good one you got to check we, out. We, uh, we got off topic a little bit with the beer thing. <laughs> no, that's it's on topic. It's easy to talk about, huh? That's on topic. Yeah. No. We're, we're going to release this on a Friday, so I think uh, our listeners will be, uh, they might be having a beer at the shop or, you know. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I want to get your comments on SEMA real quick, too. Yeah. So you were out there at SEMA this year? SEMA was big. It's like, crazy, it's, right? You can tell, you can tell the economy is rocking and rolling because, it is. It was the biggest one I'd ever been to. Uh, the 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 predictions or the, the calculations on on attendees they said were last year around one hundred and sixty thousand. They thought it was well over two hundred thousand this year. That's wow. a significant jump. You could hardly walk up and down aisles. I mean, and it and it spans over a larger area now too. So it's a it's a serious serious trade show. It's well, and that's that's the question: is is it a trade show or is it a, a show, right? It's I, that's I, it, you know they the other thing they say is it's it's uh, they kind of qual they kind of say it's trade shows just simply because it's it's supposed to be for industry people, but yeah. there's a lot of people. It's hard to get to, it's hard to get badges to, but there's a lot of people walking around that probably are I, not and, not and, directly in the industry. And, and I gotta say, uh, I don't see. I mean, from where I I'm at in my business model, like, you know, I I don't see myself going to back see see myself going back to SEMA anytime soon. Um, and then you look at everybody there, and you talk to everybody, and you're like, okay, I would say about thirty percent of those people are not in our industry; they're just enthusiasts. I would say every bit of that. Yeah, yeah. I would say it's at least thirty percent. It could be higher. I mean, I've noticed. I've never, I've never set up a booth like I do at the Roadster Show to where I would, I would see the diff, I would see if there was any action. I've only ever had cars there on display, so I don't really kind of get that. I don't really know what that fe- what that feels like. Yeah. Uh, but and I know booth space is very expensive. Oh. Uh, I mean, I mean, you can. It, you can sit. You can. That's a pretty good selling point to to sell an expensive booth space is just give them the numbers of people walking through. That'll make you buy it. The only downside is how many of those people walking through are even interested in what you're selling. I know. Uh, well, I mean, that's a tough one. You know, even SEMA for us on a small level. Um, you know, with once you're all into it, you're probably thirty, forty grand. Yeah, that's a that's a big number. And, and and I look at that and go, dude, I could hit up some good guy shows. Right. I could market myself for a whole year yeah. on all that because you know the rub is, uh, 
after you spend that and you, you go to SEMA, you get a call the next week. Hey, man, were you at SEMA? I didn't see you. <laughs> I don't think it's nearly – it's it's good for some markets. I don't think – the wheel market, in my opinion, that's not where you're getting your clients from. No, and, and, and you know, if I if I had a mass-produced product and I wanted to get dealers and stuff, I'd probably yes. go out I'd go out there. Yeah. But yeah, you know what? I, I agree. mean – I go out there to actually just talk to everybody to, you know, to meet guys like you and, and other people that I maybe talk to or trade emails with that I'll meet in person, you know? Um, oh yeah. Go look and, we, at, and honestly, the us as builders pretty much just go out there to pound your chest on your, on one of your latest builds. Yeah. Right. I I've mean, never, I've never got a customer out of a car. <laughs> I took the scene with. That's, well, that's, not, that's just not where I get customers. And yeah. there's just so many people that on their bucket list, because they're you know enthusiasts, on their bucket list is, I want to have a car at SEMA. And, and, yeah, and, and that's nice. It, Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't do anything for it, you. It, no, it, but it I'm, just it just perpetuates the whole thing about it. It does. And, and, and we're very gracious that there's booths that want cars in them and, and they, um, and they, oh, no. they some booths cover your expenses for the week, which is very nice. And, all that adds up to something, uh, but it's just it's very difficult to get a, a new client uh, out of out of that. Uh, and there's so much there. Run. Well, and you know what too? I mean, as we're talking right now, um, they're about to start the second day of that show in Saudi Arabia right now. Yeah, I'm. Uh, the, <laughs> that's a, I I can't just I'm I'm undecided on what's no. going down there. So. Yeah, so I'm 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 not shy about my opinions about Saudi Arabia, at all. Um, and I, I gotta go I gotta there. tell you, man, I like I I wish the best for all my my peers and friends, colleagues that are over there. But I gotta tell you right now, like, uh, they just let women start driving last year. Like all of a sudden, now we're cool. Like you know, just because yeah, you got the oil on the ground. Uh, no, it's I don't. No, I don't. I I, I it, yeah. I was talking to some friends earlier. And it's like everybody from the hot rod world went there just to see the same people they could have seen in the U.S. No, <laughs> you know, you know, you know. Here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Everyone's getting the the, the prince put up like two hundred million dollars to put up the, yep. put on the show, and it's one of those things where I just go look. I think it's smoke and mirrors. I, I think you know everyone's like, oh, "What's the downside? What's the downside?" There's, well, the downside is if you take a car over there and it gets messed up. That's a downside. Well, yeah, I'm hearing I'm hearing a fair amount of cars got beat up going over there. Okay, so check this out. So I'm I'm not going to mention names, but I'm watching friends post this morning. Hey, we're at our booth. Uh, our don't car- have any cars. Well, no, our cars here, luckily, but our booth isn't here. And oh, oh yeah, at least our cars here because I can't say the say say uh, for other people who are complaining their cars aren't there. Yeah, we we had heard a bunch of West Coast cars that left out of the West Coast didn't even get there yet. Yeah, so the first day of the show, it's just it's just uh, look. You want to buy our cars? You want to buy our culture? Come to our country. You come to our country, and you know what? Nothing against anybody that went over there at all, but uh, it's just I'm I'm friends with most of the people who went over there. Pretty much, we we all have. I just. Yeah, we have mutual friends for sure. Like everybody, yeah, right? Everybody we know it, went over there. Chip Foose is over there as a reality TV star. He's, he's being <laughs> yeah, built. that's what I'm saying. Chip's yeah. over there. You know, I heard. It's just I heard, strange. I don't get it. Yeah, I heard Kindig was stand. You know, had an empty booth this morning. They didn't have any of his stuff in his booth. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's classic. Yeah, that 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 serves that guy right. But um, you know, it's just I don't know. 
I, I just I, you, you I think you nailed it. If you want to, if you want to be part of our car culture, come on over. We're, we'll welcome you in. Yeah, and you know we what the problem is? We don't need is? to pack up all of our shit and go over there. Yeah, no, that's bullshit, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, plus you can't have a hazy IPA on there. Dude, these, <laughs> listen, listen. They, they, I hope that everybody that goes has a, has a better appreciation of America when they come back. That's all and, I'm saying. And, how, and, and if they don't, I'm going to be shocked. No, it's it's seriously right because listen, okay, you go to SEMA for what? You go for the cars. You go for the camaraderie, you go for the food, you go for the booze, you go for the women, you go for all this other stuff. None of that shit's happening over there. Okay. No, some that of those things so are punishable freaking... by death over there. Are you kidding yeah. me? I heard this morning that they told one of the guys that landed, you smuggle in booze, 35 years in prison. 35 years. I can't, I, I, I can't even imagine being in, I just can't do it. I couldn't do it. No, I mean, I listen, listen. You know, Richard Rawlings, Mr. Guy that put put props himself up as this partier, drinker, playboy guy, is going to go for 10 days over there? Eight days oh, with yeah. no alcohol? Okay. Okay. Well, you know, come on, bro. You know what I'm saying? Wait, wait, what's up? What's up? Hopefully you're planning a detox at that time, no, I guess. I don't, I, I don't you know, know what? Listen. This is America. Let's support it. If there wasn't oil on the ground over there, they wouldn't, wouldn't pay attention, anything. and just because no. the, the 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 prince or king or whatever he's puts two hundred million and props this deal up, like, hey, dude, if I had two hundred million dollars, guess what? I'd have Beyonce at my house on New Year's Eve, well, right? And have a big could, party with everybody. Yeah, the only thing I could think of is everybody was getting paid so handsomely that they went. But I'm just, I don't, I'm I'm doing fine. I don't need, I guess I don't need the money that I bad. I, it didn't even cross my mind to go over there. Oh, I know, and and you know what, you know what's crazy is like people. I think our peers don't understand that like, like Dubai, United Arab Emirates, that's a different place. That's a whole. That's a whole nother. Like that's another place. They don't behead people over there like Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Like the, you know, it's it's I don't know, man. I, I I hope it goes well for everybody. I hope there's nothing, nothing. Yeah, uh, we, yeah. You don't wish any. Yeah, I don't wish any. No, no because there, there's a lot of our right. friends and 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 partners and and business you know associates over there right now. So, but. Come on, man. Bring it back to America. <laughs> well, they can listen to this on the way home. Reel it on back. <laughs> Reel it on back. Yeah. Well, we'll see. It's something new, but uh, I don't know. Don't know what to tell you, Eric. Yeah. I bet it doesn't. I, I'm, if, I had to, if I were a betting man, I bet it doesn't happen at least one more time. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I, I mean, it, hopefully, it, it just seems like we're going to hear more stories about uh missing cars oh, we, and it just this. started and we're hearing we're hearing yeah right weirdness. it's supposed to go through till monday so yeah hey. it's it's yeah it's well, many 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 cars have been dude there's gonna be some been messed up. people that are coming back home from there and they're gonna have like a terrible thanksgiving they're just gonna be so bummed yeah <laughs> no they're gonna get caught up in customs over thanksgiving that's what i'm saying yeah, they're not coming back till next week yeah they're so. not yeah they won't make it back yeah, yeah. right oh geez then donnie gets involved uh, don't, oh. don't 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 let don't let the Don yeah. get involved. Yeah, here. he'll yeah yeah he'll get yeah. I got his personal line. He'll get it. He'll get our buddies out. <laughs> Could you imagine, dude? Some some international thing going on over there. Oh. Guys getting busted for freaking little little uh, cocktail yeah. size. Oh, yeah, you brought things. you brought a two ounce thing of Jägermeister. Yeah, two, some guy, someone gets You're caught for Jägermeister, and Don Donny comes in and saves him. I don't know. Nah, oh. eh, whatever. That that, you know what? Yeah. I don't know. 
I mean, you look at SEMA. SEMA took a long time to build up. It's an organic thing. And as, even though you talk about there's a lot of people over there, I mean, imagine if somebody just put up $200 million to have a party. And you, oh, look, sure. every people showed up. Yeah, well, don't put the $200 million up. It you does know? seem a little strange that it was on the heels of SEMA, like literally within two weeks. That's a that's a scheduling nightmare if you were looking to try to go to both. Oh, for sure. Because some of the vehicles yeah. were shipped like two months ago. Oh you know? yeah, and they still haven't arrived. That's the, well, like some of the stuff. I, I know the fifty. I know the, the well, the Riddler fifty-seven that was built here in Colorado. Rumor has it it's not even there yet, and it left a long time ago. Holy moly! Yeah, yeah. yeah so so yeah, I don't that's know. That's a whole other deal. But I well, you know what? I'm happy to be sitting in my office in the United States uh, having a beer. And, and you know, we're over here talking about it, and tomorrow there'll be some known, uh, some more news stories coming through. So. Yeah, but. Oh, yeah. Well, and what are your plans for uh, your shows? Where, where can we catch up with yeah, you are next you, year? Yeah, are you coming to the Grand National? Uh... Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we, we set up a booth in the main hall. Uh, gosh, ever since in, in 2007, we were Builder of the Year at Grand National, and we took that spot and have never let it go. So it's right in the middle of Building 4, which is the main hall. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be there in January. You know, we'll have some a little bit of product. Uh, we'll have the AMBR car back. It won't be in our booth, I don't think. I think it'll be in the center aisle. But we're, you know, we're kind of just we'll we'll just kind of hang out. We'll we'll just we'll take the year off a little bit. And well, you've you've done very well this year. So yeah, congratulations, you, you definitely man. take take some time off and then we just pedal to the floor on in 2020 bro yeah yeah, yeah. we'll see we'll see you guys at the roadster show I hope. yeah I, I think we're gonna we're gonna go to the roadster show for sure yeah. um but we're gonna, you know what maybe maybe what we can do is we can meet up with eric and, and bring him back to our neck of the woods maybe if you can get out because you know what what's cool is the 57 that, that ends far. up there by the fairplex if you take the 57 south you end up right in our hometown yeah. So, oh, really? And yeah. we're talking about like what thirty minutes with no traffic. Oh, with no, with no, with no traffic, twenty minutes. Twenty minutes. Yeah. Then yeah. I'm thinking maybe I'm thinking maybe we got to hit to a local brewery right there. Yeah. No. You know what? No. Uh, yeah. Come, come by the shop. You have to we, do some research. So if you want to come in a few days early, and, and just let us know. No, we'll take you around. Quick podcast here, real uh, quick. Yeah. Live in the studio. Yeah. That'd be cool. Let's plan on it. I'm ready. Well, killer man. Yeah, dude. Well, you know what? Hey, this has been good talking to you, man. Dude, Eric. Uh, Eric we're stoked to have you on the show, man. You, you're a killer. <laughs> oh, no, this was a good, this killer was a good hot rider. It, it, seriously. It's, yeah. it's, it's been fun. It's easy to talk about stuff you love to do. And in this, I mean, cars are my passion, but beer seems to be a, a close second. So no, that's fun. awesome. Hey, hey, and you do, and you do both very, very yeah, well. Like yeah, I was saying, full, full disclosure, really. me and Chris are like, Ugh, I hope these beers are going to be good. And like, dude, yeah, right. We, yeah, we felt like we were going to have to be like Guy Fieri, where we're like, oh my god, this is so awesome, and we're like, oh, it's like shit. Yeah. No, dude, yeah. honestly, that's I, all right. I'm gonna, your... I'll, I'll bring out some more varieties in January. Oh, I want the peanut butter 2.0, man. No, let's it. yeah, let's have another. Yeah, do you, you know what? If if you want, uh, let's plan, let's plan uh, an extra day, half a day, or whatever. Come yeah. down the 57, and come down here. Um, and let, I'll take you to some spots and yeah. bring bring some nope. of your beer because we're we're good friends with some of the um, some of the local brewers around here. Oh, too. They, they would love to have so. like yeah. There, there's a couple of spots. There's uh, one uh, place that we go to Hollandhead, which is about a half mile from here. It's a mom and pop shop that they're huge Green Bay fans, like a Green Bay headquarters. But they have uh, twelve taps no, there. More, yeah, more than that. Like 20, 20, 20 something. Twenty taps. taps. Wow. Yeah, it, it's a sandwich but, spot that like fifteen years ago when there was craft beer. 
nowhere anywhere yeah they, they had were like all. all about craft beer and old sam- and sandwiches yeah so they got a ball mm-hmm. shop they get all, all the allotments of like the big breweries that like the you know the the one officer are really really hard to get that's where you get them very cool well i'll, I'll bring some st- stuff for us to taste right on eric Chiller. cool well, uh, right. you know what? Go ahead and close out. I mean, uh, yeah, how, can, how do we find you? Yeah, where can our, our, our listeners find you? Well, yeah, I mean, just uh, pinkiesrodshop.com is uh, our website. And then the same, same uh, Pinkies Rod Shop on Instagram. We seem to have a pretty good following on Instagram. You can see all what kind of the latest and greatest that's going on. Uh, so, yeah, look forward then, to talking to you guys uh, in January. Yeah, and then Mash Lab Brewing. Yeah, right. Yeah, Mash, yeah, Brewing dot com. Yeah, bre- uh, brewed with just, horsepower. Yeah, brewed with horsepower, and uh, and we're trying to make a statement. So been around for three years. We're going to keep motoring. Right on, dude. We're making good product, dude, and we love it. It's good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thanks, boys. All right, Eric. Thank so, you, buddy. So if any of our right. listeners are in the area of Windsor, Colorado, please go check him out. Go have a fog lamp. See what the bills are going on, the the shop. Uh, man, we can't wait to be there. Sounds good, man. Yeah. Over and out. We're out of here. We want to thank you guys again for tuning in to another episode of the Hot Rods by Boyd podcast. On behalf of Chris, Eric Perrett, and myself, Steve, Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back again soon. Have a good one. Take care.